okay emotionally? Uh, that is a fair question. That's a fair question. I'm also going to go with a solid no. I think that's a a very fair answer. It's a very honest answer. Oh, we are recording. We are recording. I'm sorry. I thought we were just talking, just like shooting the shit. Shooting the shit. No? Okay. I thought it would be funnier if we just did this. Oh, okay. Great. Love that for me. Also, I have the volume up very high, so so as to avoid the fallout of any mumbling that happens. Oh, you mean just my mumble voice? Yes. (laughs) Because you can literally just at me. I'm right here. You either mumble or scream. There I'm is sorry. Indeed, no diff, no middle ground. I, I, I'm going through a lot emotionally right now. Okay. You look like you like fell out of bed and then came here. <laughs> that is not an inaccurate statement. I was listening to metal covers of Disney songs while wearing a 25 year old Jacksonville Jaguar that looks like shirt. It's been- eaten it's been through a lot there's a lot of holes in it like Um, right under the titties too yeah also just like along all of the lettering and in the sleeves and in the armpits i think there's a couple in there armpit oh yeah there's that's there's one right here um it hasn't been washed in three days but you know i got full face of makeup on so who cares distract from the smell or something i uh have taken several whore baths (laughs) (laughs) but but I have showered. Remind me to tell you what my mom used to call those when we're not recording. Because it's (laughs) problematic, but it'll make sense for your particular, for you. Oh, I feel attacked already. And you literally haven't even told me what it was. All right. Well, welcome back to Especially Heinous, a show where two friends talk about the weird, bizarre, true stories behind Law & Order SVU episodes. My favorite TV show on the fucking planet yes i'm your host amber frangie i'm and jessica jones just along for the ride your other host and resident <laughs> fuck up i don't know <laughs> like how else would you describe me other than uh i say that up. with love um this fuck up also mentioned like just before we started recording how much i would fuck christopher maloney like would you mention the down. last time it's almost exactly two minutes in which we are now okay the last time we recorded but Christopher Maloney, though, could get it. He is very handsome, but... Also, seeing his entire dick, balls, and asshole oh in my Oz God. did it for me, man. Like, well, wow. Hello, sir. How there goes you? this the shot of this ever being a family show, Jessica. It's us. We're about to talk about blowjobs, though, for like 45 okay. minutes. So. Like, literally, between the two of us, when have we ever been family-friendly? We would get demonetized on YouTube so quickly. That's why I don't have a YouTube channel. <laughs> Same. There would be no point. I would make no money. Also, I'm just like real ugly in the face, so it's not like YouTube friendly. (laughs) You're fine in the face. You just have like scared child face. (laughs) Like I have resting bitch face. You have resting like toddler in need of rescue face. So I look like a character from SVU who's been attacked. You look like a real weird episode of SVU where you have like... (laughs) Kim Kardashian circa 2014 body, but like the face of a very frightened missing child. <laughs> Which is probably some guy's kink, honestly. And it sounds SVUS. Honestly, a lot of the guys I made online, it is their kink. Ew. It says a lot about the internet. It says a lot about the menu attract. Yeah. Been over this. Bad Why do you think things. I'm single? Well, anyway, anyway, let's so talk about this episode. This week we are talking about an episode called Popular. You're definitely going to have to come. Oh, yeah, I need to like, like actually, I'm, we can't have me mumbling again. Sorry. Yes. But anyway, we're talking about an episode called Popular. I'm an idiot and I can't recall what episode number it is, but 
Who knows? Bear with me. It's early on, This unlike our last one. Oh yeah, season three, episode 16. Again, pretty early on. Like, one of the earlier Like 2002. Ones. Shit. Yeah, like one, I think, yeah, three years into their run because they started in 99. So, early on episode, uh, the whole original crew was still there. Obviously, Stabler was still there, as we were speaking about him a moment ago. But if you haven't seen it, if you're, especially I feel like if you're a newer fan, maybe you haven't watched episodes that are almost 20 years old, but. Like, what are you doing with your life? Watch the old episodes. They're very good. I would argue some of them are better than the current episodes, but. Even though I love Barba. I I also love Barba, but he's not there anymore. It's like hey. a whole thing. It's really depressing. I don't want to I haven't watched it the past couple of years. I watched up until. It'll like, upset you. So just be prepared oh, for that. Oh, God damn it. Anyway, so in popular, uh, the episode opens with Stabler and his wife, Kathy, talking about Kathleen. So what a weird, just naming your kid an almost exact copy of your name. Is I don't lot. get doing the, like, naming your child after yourself. It's very egotistical. It's and I, very egotistical. It's very, like, like me. Like, same. But... <laughs> That's, but you don't have kids. But I don't have kids. Don't plan on having kids. And also the name Jessica. Is that really what you want to pass down? I stay Jessica. My, yeah, I I know a hundred Jessicas. It's yeah, like same. Everyone from 91 to 94 was like, this is fine. This yeah. is the girl name I'm going to go with. My graduating class of like 45 people had three <laughs> Jessicas. Man. Yeah. Very, 90s, very, man. Yeah, very common 90s name. Anyway, so Kathy and Stabler are talking about Kathleen, who's like their middle child and also like the problem child. And apparently she's having trouble in school. And some, I don't even know the transition to how they start talking about this, but Kathy's like, my friend who's a nurse did a rape kit on this girl who's like Kathleen's age. So like, that's such a strange 14. thing to like bring up. It's a, yeah, it's odd. So she did a rape kit on this girl and she's like, she didn't want to call the police. She didn't want her parents to know. And she like feels bad for her. But she, Elliot, like being an SVU detective is like, I should investigate that because it's literally my job. And Kathy's like, no, my friend told me in confidence. She'll be so mad. She could get in trouble. Like, don't, don't tell her. Yeah, like, okay. Or don't do anything. Chiming in here for a second. If there's a sex crime against a child, you literally have to report that. So I wrote this in the notes. I feel like this is not legal. I'm almost certain nurses are mandated reporters, even with like teens who have some autonomy. As someone who works in child welfare, the law now is that any adult is technically in Literally every person over the age of 18 is a mandated reporter. That is a fucking law. But, and like the penalties of not reporting if you're in a caregiver position are more are intense. astronomical yeah i mean it's a misdemeanor even for just like regular ass adults like, i think you have to be like have all your faculties about you but yeah still. but like if you're just a regular ass person and you don't report like very child illegal, abuse at least here or like a crime against a child it's like a first degree misdemeanor yeah it's like, not even like a third degree it. misdemeanor. it's like a first degree misdemeanor yeah. big deal and somehow just like not, I don't know, in 2002, nobody thought about that. <laughs> but anyway, Stabler being himself and like, you know, a fucking detective does some shit about it anyway. Uh, and he eventually finds out that the victim in question is a 14 year old girl named Cynthia Wilmot. I feel like at that time, too, there was like a lot of haziness about detectives just being able to yes. do whatever they want. 
That also, and I feel like SVU exists in this like fantasy universe where like women are taken seriously every time, and like yeah. kids are like actually kind of looked after. There's not a lot of like, you know, police misconduct or like just not giving a fuck at all in this universe. Like, and like they in the first season they like really fight for sex workers, and I'm like that was not happening in 1999 or oh, 2019. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, we literally like with my job, we literally have to talk to like. SVU detectives from the county that I work in, like, every day. And, I mean, like, they do their best. But there are so many crimes that they... There are some that they kind of have to, like, all right, they'll get over it. Yeah, I mean, I've met some of the SVU detectives in Duval County, and they're, you know, they're, of all the cops, probably do... The doing their bad. best. Like, They're doing their best. At least there's a reason for them to, <laughs> like, exist. And thank you, that definitely I'm that. sorry, I had to cough. <laughs> You're fucking TB. I have tuberculosis. God damn it. That's not even like a joke. We really have. We said this already. You have TB. Oh, did we say it on this one? Or was it? It was the last episode. Oh. Yes. We mentioned it. Okay. I'm sorry. TB meds are making you forget grandma. It's fine. You have the lungs of like an 80 year old. It's something. Not making a good case for yourself over there. Sorry. (laughs) If they didn't hear that, I literally just like. Ooh, there's a little Immediately bit of cough. coughed. There's a little bit of copper in my mouth. Gross. So after, anyway, so Stabler finds out the name of the victim, and after clearing it with the captain, he and Liv go to the go to her school, which is a junior high because she's in the eighth grade, to investigate and find when they get there, Cynthia in the nurse's office, like covered in bruises with her arm in a sling. Oh no. Yeah. So she's hesitant to talk to them because she's afraid of her parents finding out what happened, which I feel like is pretty understandable. Like. But uh, at one point, Olivia, in a move that I think is very much not Benson-like, and I feel like Mariska Hargitay herself, at least in the present, would, like, refuse to do this scene. I love Mariska Hargitay She's so amazing. Much. But she, uh, Olivia suggests that Cynthia lied about the assault to avoid her parents finding out that she had had, like, consensual sex. Which, like, I'm sure that's happened at some point in the history of the universe, but that seems like a lot, like, you could just not tell your parents you had sex yeah you could also just like not do that at all like you super casual like there's no need for all of that anyway um part of her reasoning though is that after complaining about stomach pain to the school nurse she was diagnosed with gonorrhea and pelvic inflammatory disease ow yeah ow fucking painful ow oh yeah Oh, so no she's thank you. So Liv is like, oh, well, like she got an STD and like you would have to explain that to your parents somehow because like you're a minor and on their insurance. So like what she's That's lying. fair because like I've gone to Planned Parenthood to get like birth control and they literally asked to like see my insurance card and it would like report onto there that I got it. Planned Parenthood is not covered by my insurance. Really? Yeah. I mean, they take like out of pocket payments and they're cheaper than like real gynecologists. Well, like standard practice gynecologists. But yeah. They're only covered by, like, two different insurance carriers. Oh, my God. Because, like, they li- they're literally covered under mine, which means, like, my birth control was free when I was able to take it before, like, my buying grades got all, like, fucky. But it's supposed to legally be free no matter what, though. Now. For now. For Until now. the world just burns. Which but I'm anticipating it's going to be soon. Probably. But either way, all of that aside, so she has an STD and, like, a complicating factor from it not being treated immediately, which pelvic inflammatory disease is. It doesn't happen to everybody, but... But still, ow. Yeah, it sounds fucking painful. But either way, the detectives uh, move on to interviewing Cynthia's friend Amy, who's kind of an asshole. 
Um, she tell like, let me explain. So she, I would like to know about this asshole friend named Amy, which is an asshole name. No offense. Um, she tells, so Amy tells them that they have a club that's basically just Amy, Cynthia, and their like respective boyfriends drinking, doing ecstasy occasionally and fooling around. The good old early 2000s trifecta of teenage debauchery, if you will. Oof. Yeah. Oof. You know what I mean. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It <laughs> you sounds, were around um, then. It sounds familiar. <laughs> so their, cl- their club in particular is a little grosser because apparently the boys, Cynthia's boyfriend Tommy, sometimes his friend Nick, and some, I guess like unnamed dude that Amy's with, I don't know, uh, give the girls alcohol and drugs in exchange for oral. Also, it's worth noting that Tommy has an older sister who will come into play a little bit later, who is a pothead, and his mom is, like, a pill addict. So, like, presumably he's bribing them with those things. Oh, so he's, like, literally just, like, taking it from his family to bribe his, like... I'm assuming he's, like, way older. No, he is... We'll get there. Tommy is their own. These are all, like, eighth graders. They're, like, 14. (gasps) No! Yeah, Yeah, all 14 olds. His sister's, like, 17, but they're... Or 16, something like that. They're all 14. So Elliot and Liv are all like, Jesus fucking Christ, I feel like you guys. I, I should file a report. <laughs> I know it's fictional, children. but I want to file a report. It's bad. So Elliot and Liv are like, fucking hell, you guys are barely teenagers. This is awful. And Amy's like, no, it's totally fine because they never go all the way. Just like also Ma'am. very early 2000s. It's a lot. It's like it's like Catholic girl saying, it was just in the ass, it's fine. You Catholic virgins, man. I mean, God. but only. It's... L- literally it's oral and anal only, only. but like it anal. manages to like preserve your virginity like that's Somehow. not how it works it's ma'am. just people who still have like a misunderstanding about what a hymen is Love anyway, that. awful so this is the asshole part oh, during no. like the course of describing the way they get drugs and stuff uh amy's notes she goes she says cynthia is no hottie and that she basically does whatever tommy says <gasps> That is such a cunty That's so move. rude. And like, how dare she? I mean, I guess. Here's the thing. See, that's the kind of friend that says that, that about you a friend. were in high school. Yeah. <laughs> about my friends who were hotter than me. That's really funny. That actually, yeah. But, um, fuck. This is like peak, like, stereotypical mean girl bullshit where it's just like no discernible reason why you're saying that shit about your friend, but somebody's saying it. And you I can feel, just at me. No, but I feel like in the early 2000s, there was like, maybe because of Mean Girls, although this premiered before it, maybe because of the book it was based on, there's like, there was this obsession. Also, girls were just really mean in the late 90s, early 2000s. I guess. but There I was something in the water. There was like a cultural fixation on it. And I think it became like this weird self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's like you tell girls that they're going to be mean. So they become so they're mean. vicious. And then they're mean. So their friends become mean. But then they say it on TV. So they're like, oh, this is how I'm supposed to act. Yeah. It just like replicated itself. Because like teenagers are rude to each other and like other people all the time. But like, I don't know if there's like a huge gendered element to it. But we were so obsessed with the idea that there was one that it just like became this big thing. Yeah. Anyway, there's also like another episode I want to cover is about that phenomenon and it's also a lot. So anyway, uh, B- Benson and Stabler still have no idea who actually attacked Cynthia because Amy like acts like she doesn't know anything. Cynthia's not talking. But then suddenly when once her parents are told that she has gonorrhea against her consent, which feels really fucking rude and also illegal. It feels illegal. I don't know if it is, but it should be. I don't think it is because but I it think like a parent be. has access to like their child's medical records, but it seems shady. It, yeah. It just like that should not... definitely be something that the child like has 
the ability to yeah like, what if your parents themselves. are the reason you have gonorrhea which yeah is awful, like literally like possible especially okay. on this fucking show yeah also we've dealt with like in my line of work several cases of incest where children have like gotten stds from their parents or yeah and or disclosing that is just gonna make the parent beat the child yeah or kill like, them yeah to like hide the evidence of it yeah and they like want to test the dad too at one point in this episode so like just bad police work you guys don't do that but anyway after her parents find out and she's like pressed to really say what happened she blames a substitute teacher or substitute high school teacher named ross mckenzie Oh, God. What a douchey name, right? Anybody named Ross just has to <laughs> change the their worst. Name. I just don't like it. There was... Are you okay? It just look. I'm sorry. She's got a <laughs> uh, full, full house on in the corner and just... I All I saw was Stephanie, like, strung up and Uncle Jesse in her face <laughs> and it just looked concerning. No, it's she's hiding in a closet and she's, like, in a hung-up jacket. I just, just think they remember that episode, but it's just the way it was it framed like just now. It looks like her. It's bad. It didn't look great. It didn't look good. But... Uh, anyway, so Ross McKenzie is like a 23-year-old sub at this high school and... Horse is dumb. Sorry. <laughs> I hate myself. Stop it. Sorry. I was Get out of my home. <laughs> I was a substitute, so I have to be able to make that joke. I was also a substitute. But... It sucked. It was awful. I hated it. That's why I don't do that anymore. But um, he... So he's like a 23-year-old. He subs at the high school that I guess is like connect... Like the feed the high school their middle school would feed into, like the neighborhood yeah. school. And he didn't, so he didn't actually assault her. He didn't, like, touch or Cynthia. Why did I want to call her Cheyenne? I don't know. That almost came out of my mouth. I I think I'm thinking about Reba. But (laughs) the sick I'm gonna scream. It's such a good show. We should have a Reba podcast. I didn't like Reba. (gasps) It's so good. I didn't like it. I thought it was annoying. It's one of my favorite shows. Whatever. I'm sorry. It's fine. It was like Moving the on. one 90s show that like did not resonate with it me. It didn't come out until 2002. Okay, but the fashion? Fashion was very 2002. Anyway, I can't you believe sure? you don't like Reba, but yes, I'm sure. Oh. I've, I've rewatched it like 25 times. I oh, promise Jesus. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. I don't sleep. I rewatch a okay, lot. Okay, but to be fair, TV. you didn't think like Fireball was a thing until 2012 and it's been around since the fucking it 80s. It didn't get rebranded into Fireball until 2007, so I wasn't that far off. <laughs> something else before then i was half right i was just like distinctly remembering drinking it in high school and she was like it wasn't a thing until 2012 it's like yes the fuck it was it actually didn't account till a sizable amount of u.s sales i read this because it's on their history in the wikipedia page (laughs) because i wanted to vindicate myself it says that they didn't have like a sizable like portion of the market in the u.s until like 2011 2012 so okay well my you were just country bumpkin ass high school drink it (laughs) yeah you guys were i don't know canadian trash or something yeah we that is going to pick up on. oh sorry i have a pop i have a pop socket and add okay so we're both getting very off track so ross mckenzie he's a sub he didn't do anything to (laughs) cynthia but he was at their party the last party they had at tommy's house because he was (sighs) Raping. Oh no. Hit, well, like statutorily, so having sex with, but like assaulting. Oh no. Tommy's older sister. I don't know if they know this or not, but I didn't. I come into these episodes cold. Yes. So I have no information about what's going on. So I'm on. A, I'm in a roller coaster right now. Yeah, it's a roller coaster of emotions over there. But so he did that, but 
Jesus. He admits, though, also it gets worse. Or, like, maybe not worse. It just gets more bad? I don't know. He also admits to selling the kids X, like, (gasps) like ecstasy. He gave them the drugs or sold them the drugs and says he wanted to sleep with Cynthia, which Tommy offered up in exchange for the drugs, (gasps) but decided against it. I don't know. I guess because, like, one underage victim was enough for it. Are you okay? Did you gasp yourself in the coughing? <laughs> yes. Look at your gasp. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was just like an experience just now. Yeah, it's a lot. So. <laughs> oh my God. Eventually though, it comes out through the course of all this after the teacher being like interviewed and they find all this bullshit out that Tommy told Cynthia to sleep with Nick, his friend, because it was his birthday. She refused because she did not want to sleep with Nick, and Nick raped her. (gasps) Yeah. What the fuck? Tommy and Nick are eventually, like, tricked into, like, throwing each other under the bus and confessing, and then they get arrested. Good! So, yeah. The end of the episode. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm literally gonna go home and watch old episodes (laughs) of Laundry Rescue. It's a good episode. I mean, it's a lot, but it's good. So anyway... Last time we talked about kind of the inspiration for an episode, it was an actual crime case and a singular case. This is something a little bit different. Uh, We are going to be talking about one of my personal favorite early 2000s moral panics, Rainbow Party. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Which (laughs) were not actually a thing, but we'll get into that. So in the early aughts, uh, when your charming hosts were both coming of age... There were, like, a fuck ton of weird rumors about shit teenagers. I'm really sorry about that notification noise, you guys. My phone or computer is a dick. But there were just an assortment of bizarre rumors about things that tweens and teens did when their parents weren't around. Just a lot of fun. And I don't think this is actually unique to the 2000s at all, but I do think, like, the rise of the internet and, like, chat rooms and, like, Early social social media platforms made it a lot more prevalent and a lot more intense. So one of the most popular urban legends of this sort of realm uh, was the notion of rainbow parties. Oh, God. You remember these, yeah? Yeah. I remember hearing a word of them, but them never actually never, like, being yeah. a thing. Yes. That is like sort of the, uh, the red culmination. Yeah. So according to parental lore, fueled by frenzy local news reports and talk shows like or talk show hosts like Oprah Winfrey, rainbow parties were group sex acts in which teen girls gave their male counterparts blowjobs or head or whatever you want to call it. Uh, apparently, at these parties, each girl wore a different color lips or like a different shade of lipstick, and at the end of the night, the boys had a rainbow of sorts oh, on their dick, which like not any adult should have known this was bullshit, or any adult who has ever given head should know this is bullshit because the lipstick would just smudge. Yeah, like it's not even gonna like create a pretty pattern. It's, it's just literally gonna just like gonna a like massive color. Also, like especially wax. if you're giving like a blowjob correctly, you're not gonna just like magically end your blowjob where the last lipstick ended. Yeah, like this the logistically this doesn't make any sense. So uh you will see our, you are not looking at the notes, but you should because this is when our visual element comes in. Oh, no God. one else can see this, but there's a gif of Miriam McDonald, a.k.a. Emma from Degrassi. Uh, she starred in a Lifetime movie about rainbow parties and syphilis in which she dubs herself a 14-year-old sexpert. So do Didn't that she also will. get like an STD in Degrassi? Gonorrhea from Jay. At oh my D. God, that's right. Also from getting Fuck. head. 
And what is with this girl and getting like fucking gonorrhea? I don't know. She's in an AIDS movie too, but also she's in the gonorrhea episode of Degrassi. They're like, it's about another moral panic bullshit thing. And it is Jesus fuck. Um, In this particular one, it's the sex bands. Do you remember those things? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Those little wristbands that you would, uh, that me is like, a 13-year-old emo kit had, like, only the black ones going all the way up to my fucking elbows. So it looked like you were just the biggest hoe. It was fairly accurate. <laughs> God. <laughs> but, um, sorry. I'm turning off this fucking notifications. I'm sorry. But, yeah, that was in that episode. They touch on that. He gives them, like, black bands oh every time. Oh, my God. They, like, suck his dick. And then yeah. everyone gets gonorrhea. And it's, and, like, Emma is a social disease. And it's a whole thing. Wait, I can't even remember, like, how he got it. I don't even know. Somebody give it, someone sucking his dick, probably. Oh. But, yeah, uh, Miriam McDonald, a lightning rod of... Gonorrhea? Of gonorrhea <laughs> and syphilis, I guess, in the early aughts. Oh Just my god. Just everyone, every casting director was like, you seem like a great girl for an after-school special. Do you want to scare the shit out of some teenagers? Honestly, I miss Degrassi. It's so good. Especially, like, the early, like, Degrassi Next Generation ones. Yeah, they're all on YouTube. You should watch them. But anyway, despite the fact that sexual health educators and researchers have found to this day literally, like, no evidence of these things being They weren't a thing. They were not a thing. Rumors about them persisted for years. Even as late as 2010, the TV show The Doctors. Which no one should ever fucking trust. Yeah, or watch. But did an entire episode about, uh, or an entire episode about them featuring a panel of teens, parents, and healthcare professionals. Which makes me doubt literally all of them. Right? And like, like what? that, you can tell that started because, like, those teenagers thought they were so fucking cool telling their friends about going to a rainbow party. That friend told their parents. That parent told that it, kid's no, doctor. it started out, yeah, like, it, it was literally, like, the phone, the phone game yeah, I of, have, like, sex parties. I have, like, two Which theories. also just, like, weren't a thing. Yeah, like, this was, nobody, well, well mass, across, like, it was greater not America, mass, it was not, not like, a thing. <laughs> I was gonna say, I have some of my own experiences that would negate what I was going to say, but, um, yeah, this, I think it started with, like, some teenage boy trying to brag about, like, getting some girl to suck his dick, and it turned into this, like, mass- thing it's like your canadian girlfriend rumor but like just jacked up to a hundred so anyway as someone who grew up during the supposed heyday of these parties and sorry parents if you're listening to this was kind of a hoe uh i feel pretty confident saying they never existed i don't think they ever did you are also kind of a hoe so you can confirm (laughs) sorry it's just true fair 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 uh but the origin story of how they like became at least in the popular consciousness, I guess, uh, is kind of interesting. And by interesting, I mostly mean eye roll inducing. <laughs> so, rainbow parties were first officially bought, uh, brought into the public consciousness by author and pediatrician Meg Meeker, who wrote about them in her book *Epidemic: How Teen Sex Is Killing Our Kids*. Oh my god! Yeah. Like that's her- amazing. Christ, lady! Like I have seen less alarmist titles from like Infowars contributors. Also, like, honest to God. You know what? 
I'm going to do just a little, like, ad segment. Please listen to Behind the Bastards and listen to their segment on Alex Jones. It is incredible. You should also listen to Knowledge Fight, a podcast that uh, talks shit about Alex Jones, like, three times a week. It's incredible. Very good. Like, if you want to feel better about, like, things. the fact that he exists at all. Or you just want to scream about oh, it for, like, an yes. hour. Just listen to those. Like, if you want to shout a little bit. <laughs> just a lot. Just listen to Great those. shows to shout to. But anyway, Meeker's book detailed stories about teens suffering a whole host of maladies from unwanted pregnancies and STIs, which seem pretty realistic, to sterility and even cancer. Jesus. Right. Just from having sex too early. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Like, it's not. It's, like, literally not a thing. And, like, I mean, you could technically get sterile from an untreated STD, but, like, you don't need to be a teenager for that to happen to you. You can be, like, literally any age and have that yeah. happen. Yeah. And the idea of rainbow parties themselves apparently comes from the following passage. Allison had heard some kids were going to have a rainbow party, but had no idea what that meant. Still, she thought it might be fun and arranged to attend with a friend. After she arrived, several girls, all in the eighth grade, were given different shades of lipstick and told to perform oral sex on different boys to give them rainbows. Once she realized what was happening, Allison was too stunned and frightened to do anything. When a girl gave her some lipstick, she refused at first, but with repeated pressure, finally gave in. She later said about the experience, apparently, it was one of the grossest things I've ever done. Okay, first off, what girl in eighth grade is going to properly apply lipstick to the point where it can leave a print on some man's I don't dick? know. I mean, maybe now. Like, children oh, are now. much more Not skilled. in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, like, you just you see what our YouTube faces back looked like then. then. We all looked insane. We all looked like we had, like, frosted, I don't know. We looked know. like we'd been out in the, like, ice a little too long, <laughs> but then immediately stepped out in the sun and got a sunburn we were, from like, all the blush orangey, and bronzer. But with, like, frosted everything else. It was not a cute... Our skin was orange, but everything else stepped out of the like blizzard. A sheer frost all over it. Yeah, it's like a polar vortex, but in, like, the Bahamas. <laughs> so, like, basically what's happening here right now. Yeah. Current weather situation. Uh, but anyway, we have no real way of knowing the veracity of this anecdote. And this isn't really a serious enough show to, like, do a deep dive into someone's sources. But actual sexual educators, as we've said earlier, have essentially debunked claims of rainbow parties being a real thing. Uh, Deborah Tolman, who is the director of the Center for Research on Gender and Sexuality at San Francisco State, says, This phenomenon has all the classic hallmarks of a moral panic. One day we've never heard of rainbow parties, and then suddenly they're everywhere, feeding on adults' fear that morally bankrupt sexuality among teens is rampant, despite any actual evidence, as well as evidence to the contrary. So basically, this shit was never really happening, at least not at, like, a wide enough or, like, nationwide scale to justify this, like, fully-fledged panic yeah. about it. And here's the thing, though, like, Teenagers are gonna fuck each other. Seriously, like that's it's like one by the, design. That's one of the things that people need to like get over. It's like they're filled with hormones, yeah. and you think they're not gonna fuck? Yeah. Like, what? There's no way to prevent young people from being intimate with each other. I mean, like I, the best thing to do, at least in my opinion, isn't moralizing about shit like that and scaring them, but just like giving them the tools they need to have, you know, safe, consensual encounters with people who are like actually age appropriate. Yeah. Not. Like, like teacher, like twenty three year olds. Oh, ew! Like this Ross McKenzie motherfucker. Also, I mean, he's I, fake, but still. my favorite thing about uh, TV shows like this is that you can guarantee <laughs> that the twenty three year old substitute is actually like forty. 
He was actually, this actor wasn't 23, but he was probably only like 30. Oh, okay. Which isn't that bad by Hollywood standards. Yeah, no, that's fine. Because like normally like teenagers are 30. Yeah. That is like literally just watch Teen Wolf and tell they're me all that like literally, our age, but they're supposed to be in the tenth grade. Yeah, like literally tell me any of those people were a teenager in the last decade. Sometimes people like Luke Perry played a seventeen year old until he was like thirty five. Like he oh. had crow's feet and he was like graduating from high school. I feel attacked by that statement. <laughs> <laughs> like my baby face, but my crow's feet and gray hair. <laughs> anyway, it is time for this week's iced tea tidbit. My favorite time of the day. So Ice T starred in Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh purely my god. Because his son really enjoyed the Leprechaun film series. Uh wait, the Leprechaun horror movies? Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, it makes me really want to go rewatch them. Oh, which they were in, they were awful in the I best way. But that's very sweet and also kind of hilarious. But also Ice notes that he had a great time filming the movie and has no regrets about it. What a guy. You know, good for him. He's such He's a the guy. only one that has no regrets about that movie, but really good for him. <laughs> all right. Well. That's it, I guess. Yeah, that's all we've got for this week. Lots of blowjob talk. Sorry, Lots of blowjob talk. <laughs> Jessica's going through a lot. You know, it's the regular, what day of the week is this? Saturday. Oh yeah, it is a Saturday. It's a regular Saturday shit. night for me, man. God, that sounds depressing. We will be back uh, next week with I something. Attacked. Equally cringy? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Tune in and see.